the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to Vatican Insider on another sweltering weekend in so many parts of the world. Well, relax now and stay cool as you join me for Vatican News Highlights of the Week and then a fascinating interview segment. This Sunday, July 24th, the Church marks the second World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly. And this week in the interview segment, I replay my conversation of last July with Catherine Wiley, grandmother and founder of Catholic Grandparents Association, CGA, and Marilyn Henry, who coordinates CGA in the United States. Catherine was the catalyst for this now annual event, an idea, a dream of hers, a dream that for many years after meetings with Vatican officials and Pope Francis finally culminated in last year's first World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly, a great story of love and determination. And now an overview of the week's news highlights. Sunday, July 17th. At the Angelus, Francis asked for prayers, saying, I'm about to make a penitential pilgrimage that I hope, with God's grace, will contribute to the journey of healing and reconciliation already undertaken. He explained that, unfortunately, in Canada, many Christians, including some members of religious institutes, contributed to the policies of cultural assimilation that in the past have severely harmed indigenous communities in various ways. In fact, the Pope leaves Sunday the 24th for a multi-city visit to Canada. Addressing Canadians specifically, the Pope recalled a series of meetings he held in the Vatican in March and April with delegations from Canada's First Nations, Inuit, and Metis peoples. He listened to stories about life in the residential school system. This was the forcible integration of indigenous children into Canadian culture by separating them from their families and communities and placing them in boarding schools. On April 1st, the Pope had expressed his profound sorrow to the delegations, asking for pardon for the suffering inflicted by some members of the Catholic Church. Monday, July 18th. Although modern means of communication can be a powerful means of fostering communion and dialogue within our human family, they can also become places of toxicity, hate speech, and fake news. This was Pope Francis's warning in a message to the lay communications network Cygnus for the annual World Congress in Seoul, Korea. It's appropriate, he says, that in these days marked by new outbreaks of violence and aggression in our world, you have chosen as the theme of your World Congress, Peace in the Digital World. Francis noted that the use of digital media, especially social media, has raised a number of serious ethical issues that call for wise and discerning judgment on the part of communicators, and all those concerned with authenticity and the quality of human relationships. Cygnus can play an important role in meeting this challenge, he said, especially through media education, networking Catholic media, and countering lies and misinformation. Francis encouraged Cygnus members to persevere in their efforts by helping people to develop a sound, critical sense, learning to distinguish truth from falsehood, right from wrong, good from evil, and to appreciate the importance of working for justice, social concord, and respect for our common home. Tuesday, July 19th. 
In a video message to the Pan-African Catholic Theological and Pastoral Network, the Pope praised the encounter, saying it's a sign of hope that theologians, laity, priests, men and women, religious and bishops, have taken the initiative to walk together. He expressed his delight at the Congress on Theology, Society, and Pastoral Life being held at the Catholic University of East Africa in Kenya's capital of Nairobi from July 19th to the 22nd. Wednesday, July 20th, Pope Francis welcomed Prince Albert II and his wife, Princess Charlene, of the Principality of Monaco in the Apostolic Library for about 25 minutes. They engaged in conversation with the Holy Father, and gifts were exchanged. Thursday, July 21st, the Holy Father attended the funeral mass for his Jesuit confrere and friend, Father Diego Fares, who had died two days earlier at the age of 66. Mass was in the chapel of the Jesuit Curia near the Vatican. Also Thursday, in his message for the World Day of Prayer for Creation to be observed by the Church on September 1st, Pope Francis called for a covenant between people and the environment that God gave us. He urged decisive actions at the upcoming COP27 conference on climate change and the COP15 on biodiversity. Francis lamented that St. Francis's canticle of creation praising the environment is turning into an anguished cry and a plea for help as the environment deteriorates. The Holy Father instituted the World Day of Prayer for the Care of Creation within the Catholic Church on August 2015. The ecumenical phase begins September 1st with the World Day and concludes on October 4th with the Feast of St. Francis. Friday, July 22nd. In the morning, Pope Francis went to the Basilica of Santa Maria Maggiore, St. Mary Major, to pray before the icon so beloved by Romans, Salus Populi Romani, and he entrusted her with the upcoming trip to Canada. In fact, as I said earlier, the Pope leaves for Canada on Sunday, July 24th, returning to Rome on the 30th. Also Friday, 40 years after St. John Paul established Opus Dei as a personal prelature in his apostolic constitution, Ut Sit, Pope Francis in his own apostolic constitution, a motu proprio ad charisma tuendum, confirmed the charism of Opus Dei, but ordered the transfer of jurisdiction from the dicastery of bishops to the dicastery for clergy. He also established that the prelate can no longer be awarded the Episcopal Order. This enters into force August 4th. The Holy Father modified some of Opus Dei's structures on the basis of Predicate Evangelium, the Constitution for the Renewal of the Roman Curia, in order to, quote, protect the charism and promote the evangelizing action that its members carry out in the world by spreading the call to holiness in the world through the sanctification of work, and family and social commitments. Those are the top news stories of the week, but stay here for my conversation with Catherine Wiley and Marilyn Henry about the World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly. The 2022 edition is this Sunday, July 24th. These are trying times, friends. We live in an era where pro-abortion activists lecture us about morality. Enemies of marriage lecture us about love. 
Those who challenge basic human biology lecture us about science. We're crushed by every agenda on every side in the media, the workplace, and sometimes by your own families. And yet, I'm joyful. I'm hopeful. Why? Let me let you in on a little secret, because I have the solution, and it hasn't changed in 2,000 years. When you're in a fight, your skin gets cold. That's because your blood is rushing from your extremities to where you need it the most to survive, your muscles and your heart. We're in a fight for our lives as a church. It's time to get back to basics. It's time to start proclaiming the love of God and Jesus Christ to the world again with new hope and vigor. That message has lost none of its power to change the world and your life. Are you in? This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Well, I want to welcome my listeners to Vatican Insider to one of the most special editions you are ever going to hear. Because I am sitting in my Rome office with two amazing people, but beyond being amazing, I'm blessed to have them as my friends. And I'm talking about Catherine Wiley, who founded the Catholic Grandparents Association, our focus this weekend. And I'm talking about Marilyn Henry. And she is head of the U.S. offices of Catholic Grandparents Association. to really coordinate the CGA in the United States. Now, to add to their credentials, both our grandmothers... We wouldn't expect anything else, right? But I really wish there's two other people I'd love to bring into this conversation, and that is their amazing spouses. And they are waiting patiently in another room as we speak. So now Catherine and and Marilyn and I met last year. We met 2020, um, and just before COVID struck the entire known world, they were in Rome for the richness of many years of life conference organized by the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life. It was a conference that brought together 550 participants from 60 countries. So I now want to say, Catherine and Marilyn, welcome back to Rome. Oh, thank you so much, Joan, and we're so excited. We're so excited to be here on this very special occasion. Absolutely, an amazing weekend. And Marilyn, yes, welcome. Yes, yes, thank you so much, Joan, for, for um, offering to, to hear our story <laughs> and, and hear our excitement about, this, about the World Day. We're, exactly. we're so excited to be here. But it's one of the best stories of the church, which is why I love it. Now, you are in Rome for this past weekend's amazing event, the first ever World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly. And as my listeners already know, Pope Francis loves the elderly. And from the beginning of his pontificate, and on many occasions, he's emphasized their indispensable role in dialogue with young people, in the transmission of the faith, and in young people's rediscovery of their own roots. He's asked the elderly to become protagonists of our lives and, quote, not to pull the oars back into the boat. So, Catherine, you, as we're about to hear, are really the catalyst for this event. It was a dream of yours years ago, and you never, what I just said, pulled the oars back into the boat. So... (coughs) First of all, what prompted you to found the Catholic Grandparents Association? Oh, Joan, that's such a good story. The truth is, I really don't know exactly what prompted me, whether it was... I, I, I really don't know the, the, the complete answer to that, but I certainly know what started it. I live in England in a little shrine village called Walsingham, which is known as the Nazareth of England. And there's a small shrine where for a thousand years pilgrims have come to give thanks and to offer, ask for 
gifts for healings and to and to give thanks as I say and I've lived there for over 40 years so pilgrimages were nothing new to me I've seen the pilgrims come and go and I'm Irish I'm an Irish grandmother with 10 grandchildren and I live very close to the shrine of Our Lady of Knock in Ireland so again shrines of Our Lady is something that sort of bred in me and I was at the shrine in Walsingham on Our Lady's birthday on the 8th of September and I was honestly just wondering what I would give for for her birthday, what did Jesus give her? What would Joseph have made for her? What would she get? And thinking, what could you give her, this woman who had everything? And the idea came that a pilgrimage, a simple pilgrimage, to honour her mother and father, St. Joachim and St. Anne, the grandparents of Jesus, exactly. would totally delight her. <clears throat> and that was it. I, I, I then discovered that there, was no, there wasn't one grandparents' pilgrimage in the whole world. So we started wow. the first grandparents' pilgrimage, and from that point on, it, it really had a life of its own. It was sort of organic in a way. Um, we then took it to Ireland, to the Shrine of Our Lady of Knock, and also I'm very fortunate because we also lived part of the year in Palm Beach. So the third place was Palm Beach with Bishop Barbarito. Oh wow! And so from that very small, simple beginning, the Catholic Grandparents Association grew out of the first pilgrimage. And we're in now a worldwide outreach with in over yeah, 63 countries. Yeah, so this weekend is, it's just 20 years of dreams and prayers yeah. and hopes by so many people. Exactly. And we're going to look at the whole, each of how you even got the idea and pass it on for a world day. So now, Marilyn, how did the two of you meet? Yes, uh, we met because of a brochure that Catherine left in the cathedral in London. My husband and I took a trip to England and visited the cathedral, and I was wandering around in the back, and I found a brochure that said, did you know Jesus had grandparents? I picked it up, and I sort of studied it, and I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I knew that the, um, St. Anne was, was Mary's mother, but I, and my middle name is Anne, so she was very, very important to me, but I never thought of her as being um, Jesus' grandmother. So I brought the brochure back to my home wow. in Texas at my parish, and I spoke to our pastor and then to parish council and began and spoke to Catherine and um, fell in love with the, with the idea, felt called to it, and began a, a ministry in our wow. parish. That is such a wonderful story, and I think really... If I were to ask my listeners to write in to me and say, did you really think about it? Did you know that Jesus had grandparents? Of course, of course, he physically would have had the grandparents. He had parents. But anyway, I think the grandparents is underestimated. So this was such a, a fantastic idea to promote not only knowledge of Jesus as grandparents, but the, the ties all of us have had or should have certainly be the ties that should exist between parents, grandparents, and, and, and children. So I went on the website, which I'd been on before. This was not my first time. But uh, your website, which is marvelous, it tells um, about grandparents. It tells us they are helping to pass on the faith and keep prayer at the heart of family life. And it was just my impression going through the website, which, by the way, is www then altogether, catholicgrandparentsassociation.org. And by the way, it welcomes us with a beautiful piece of art 
featuring Joachim and Anne, and then Joseph and Mary and, and Jesus. So we have the, the different generations. But is that more or less the motto, those words, helping to pass on the faith and keep prayer at the heart of family life? Absolutely, Joan. It's the only purpose that we exist. And it's very interesting for this first World Day of Prayer for Grandparents because the theme that our Holy Father has chosen, I am always with you. Yes. You know, if you had to choose another mission statement for the Catholic Grandparents Association, that would be it. And it was so unbelievably touching yesterday when we heard Pope Francis give his homily and talk about I am with you always and the three S's. There were three verbs, anyhow. There were see, share, and safeguard. That's right. And I was interested because they were action words. Imagine Pope Francis having that sort of intimate knowledge of grandparents. He must have been so close to his own grandparents. Oh, and he has actually spoken about a grandmother of his, so we, we do know that. And his words, by the way, when he usually, when he can, in a homily or some kind of speech, he will have a triple theme that is something the Jesuits are very good about. And usually that triple theme are action words, just as you yes. said. You know, it's, but it's see, amazing. share, and, and guard. Yes, and, guard. And he, he's, it's just the Pope Francis gets grandparents. That's all I can say. He understands us and he gets us. And those three words, actually, um, I was very tearful um, reading them because they reminded me so much. I only knew one grandfather. But they really reminded me so much of the touch of the hands, the seeing, the look yeah. that could calm you down, you know, when you were in trouble with your parents or whatever. That look, that gaze that just told you, it's all right, I understand, I, it's all right. Exactly, because somehow Grandma and Grandpa, uh, maybe Grandma more because they were always at home when you went to visit, but Grandma and Grandpa could hold you in their laps, they could hug you. They could give you that little kiss when your eyes were tearing up from some childhood disaster. And not that you didn't get the same thing from your parents, but the grandparents even seemed to have more time to spend. Well, I've always thought that there is a unique relationship between grandparents and grandchildren. And very often, you have a better relationship with your grandchildren than you ever had with your own children. And God forgive me, but I've, I find that now with my children, uh, my grandchildren, there I have more time. Sure. I have more understanding. And again, going back to the seek, the safe and the safeguard, I can just pat them on the hand or give them that look. And I know that it reassures them. And I know that when things go wrong at home, and again, this refers back to what Pope Francis said, they often have a stay over with me when things go bad at home and they want a break you know so that that touch that love that feel that that the generations bring together is completely unique oh exactly and you know Marilyn I don't know if it's been your experience but I remember my own mom as the grandchildren were coming into her life you know she just sometimes couldn't get over the the way that had the closeness and everything and she realized one day it's because her kids were these children's parents, they were the disciplinarian. But grandparents don't have to be disciplined. They can be, but they don't have to be the disciplinarians. And that seems to make a difference in relationships. Exactly. And even when we do feel like we need to discipline, we do it in a much more gentle way <laughs> because because we've learned the ways that, that really work and the ways that really touch you and the ways that will make a difference in their lives. 
Oh, and, absolutely. And we lead by example, too, the way that we live our lives and the way that we conduct ourselves and the way the um, our, our homes look. We become a, a domestic church, so they know that when they come into your sure. house, they feel that welcoming. I, I say... Um, you, you, they feel your heart and your hands and your eyes. You, they feel everything through all those emotions that you show them, and, oh, and exactly. feel that love through that. Exactly, and I just remember the treasured moments of a weekend spent with Grandma, and then if Grandma came to stay with us, all four of us kids had our own bedrooms. My sister was the only one that had her own bathroom, so she had to give up, so to speak, her room when Grandma came, so she'd have her own, and then my sister would move in with me, but. How much did we love Grandma? That was not seen as a sacrifice. It was like, oh my gosh, Grandma's coming this weekend. Mm. And there was always <coughs> something, and the stories. Because this is one thing I would want to say to my great nieces and nephews, my nieces and nephews, tell stories to your children. Have them ask you, have them ask Grandma and Grandpa about their roots. I sat down one day, actually a year before my mom died, and I used books that my grand, the, that her grandchildren had given to her. And you're supposed to fill in the blanks, your name yes. and age and where you were born and what toys you played with as a child and what, what did you wear, did you have uniforms at school, a thousand questions. And it was fascinating because obviously somebody born in 1913 is a very different figurehead to somebody who's asking that question in 1993 or in the year 2000. So I, I urge people, and I'm sure the two of you have done this, you know, appreciate, and this is what the Pope said, yes. and, you know, if you want to even quote any of his words, to not only just appreciate them, but, you know, when was the last time, if you're physically in the same town, when was the last time you went to visit grandparents? And if you're not in the same town today, we have all kinds of media. Two of you are well-versed in it, and I think a lot of grandparents are well-versed in it. So, oh, we did forget to say... At the papal, at the mass yesterday for this first World Day for grandparents and the elderly, um, the Holy Father, of course, had surgery on July fourth, so he did not exert himself. He is still uh, convalescing in the Santa Marta residence. So Archbishop Rino Fisichella, who heads the Pontifical Council for promoting the new evangelization, he did preside at mass and he read the Pope's um, homily, but the Pope did appear for 10 or whatever minutes it was, 12 minutes for, for the Angelus, so at least it was fun to see him that way. Now, let's go right to this world day, the genesis of it, and it really comes from from the two of you and Marilyn. From this uh, beautiful uh, lady right yeah. here. <laughs> I was just getting, from, from Catherine, I think. This force yeah. of nature and visionary. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, if you could plug Catherine in, you would... <laughs> You would not have an electric bill, let me tell you right now. So, But let's look at the genesis um, and the people that you've met in the Vatican, how this developed, how you've shared ideas, etc. Um, Joan, thank you very much for asking me that question because the one person that I really, really wanted to speak to today and I couldn't get my phone connected was to a man called Monsignor Carlos Simon who was the undersecretary then to, I think, Cardinal Antonelli. That's, we're really, really going back now a long time. very first meeting for grandparents occurred after I went to the Vatican when we asked Pope Benedict to write a prayer for grandparents oh. because, honestly, I couldn't... I had become a grandparent. I'm a cradle Catholic, Irish, from, from, from the cradle to the grave, and I'd never considered that my children 
wouldn't wouldn't continue with the faith that they wouldn't baptize my grandchildren it never occurred to me of course and so when i became a grandparent my faith really kicked in the need to practice my faith with my grandchildren to show them the love that i'd learned from from jesus from my 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 the generations before right. me really really kicked in um and that's the, probably the easiest way of saying it so i wrote to pope benedict and asked him to write a prayer and I didn't get a reply. Now, Joan, this sounds ridiculous. But after three letters, I thought, this is ridiculous. Why, is, why isn't the Pope answering? Is the Pope really that busy? <laughs> so I, I, um, I went, I found out where the Dicastery for Marriage and Family was. And I went and paid a visit. And I, I, we had just had the first two pilgrimages for grandparents in Ireland and in Nock. And they had been incredible successes. And listening to the grandparents and their needs, which were exactly like mine, the fears that they were failing, that they didn't have the courage or the wow. confidence, looking at the, the church situation and just l lacking in confidence, I thought, well, we just have to do something. And I honestly couldn't find a prayer. So I went to Vatican and it, um, I knocked on the door and I was met by a father called Father Lelande. Um, and to cut a very long story short, I gave him the poster for the pilgrimage. I showed him the three letters I'd written to the Pope. I explained I didn't know why I hadn't an answer. Maybe I was sending it <laughs> to the wrong place. And I showed him the prayers that the grandchildren of Ireland were writing for their grandparents to oh. honour them and to thank them, which was very holistic. It involved the school and the family and the church. I thought he thought I was mad. <laughs> and then he gave me a cup of coffee from a vending machine. This doesn't sound very grand for the Vatican. And I said, look, there's only, I'm only here because I honestly believe that if the Pope sees the request to write the prayer for grandparents, he will. He will. And so I gave him the three articles and I went away. And almost immediately, I got a, a reply from the Cardinal saying what a wonderful, wonderful initiative this was and how much devotion he had himself to St. Anne wow. and how he couldn't, didn't know if the Pope would ever write the prayer but he would certainly ensure that he saw the prayer. And I knew that if he ever saw it, he would write it. Wow. Then shortly thereafter, they held the very first meeting for grandparents in, in Rome. And they invited me as a, I think, I think the, the Cardinal invited me because he was intrigued. And, um, and well, I Well, he probably some, had studied what, you know, your organization, the pilgrimages, what they had done, and everything was so effective. It was so positive. I, I think he saw that the idea he could marriage. see way beyond me. Yeah. He was a wise, wise man. Well, now that you're on the edge of your seat in this riveting tale told by Catherine Wiley and Marilyn Henry of how the first World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly came about, I have to tell you that's all the time we have this week. But come back next week as Catherine, who founded the Catholic Grandparents Association in the UK, and Marilyn Henry, who coordinates CGA in the US, tell us a lot more. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.